Hello, welcome to Hold Up. This is a show where we review movies from not so long ago, long ago, and see if they still hold up today. Cue the theme song. Careful, Chief. Dig up the past. All you get is dirty. We want to talk about Minority Report. This is a movie set in Washington, D.C. in the not-so-distant future uh, where a uh, drug-addicted cop runs a interesting police program that raises all kinds of paradoxical questions. Um, and th- this is not quite a time travel movie, but it is a see what's going to happen in the future movie. And so you're going to have all the same kind of questions that you have with all these movies, depending on what your take of time travel and future seeing is. So when I first saw this movie, I was a big fan and I liked a lot about it. Uh, I liked how it looked. It seemed like it had good action. Um, I kind of didn't think about the future stuff too, too much. And so the reason we picked this movie today was because, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty much close to a, you know, eight or a nine out of 10 for me when I, when I first saw it, let's get it going. I mean, um, I, I think like kind of the, the technology, uh, some of it is a good idea. Um, what exactly? Cause I actually found that none of it was yeah, made any sense. I, I just like, I liked the, uh, the screen that he had. I, and I know uh, you have an issue with how that looked, but, but in terms of like how close we're getting there in what virtual reality is right now and, and having things to manipulate on your hands, the idea of that is cool. The execution of the movie is a little less so. Um, but yeah, that was my beef with it. When I was complaining about it earlier, that was my beef was that let's stare at this and see how cool it is. And then when the music, t- uh, the cues changed, like he was conducting. I thought that was cheesy yeah. as shit. He pops in the same disc that he always pops in and is listening. Yeah. But it's also the technology, like they hire these people, like who they spend tons of money on futurists and tech people who come in and do the technology. It was like the worst futurist worked on this movie because nothing <laughs> is practical and makes any sense. They you don't move, want to watch TV screens that are transparent? They move. Oh, what about <laughs> what about the holograms of his kids that are supposed to be old home movies that look so bad that they're almost like impo- they're all yeah. blurry and you fuzzy? Know, well, I thought they were cool. Well, and, they were life size. And, and instead of having little discs or USB sticks to move a file from one computer, they had plexiglass. They have giant plexiglass bigger than the old floppy disk yeah. things that like There's you can see at times disc. they have yeah. trouble slipping it in the slot like, for they it. They can't transfer data, data unless it's physical which is also like anybody who knew anything about technology knew that that was never going to be the way they did things in the future so like it was almost like actually i don't think they hired anybody i think they just made all this shit up when you make a movie do you assume that people are going to watch it once or do you assume that people are going to watch it over and over again you'd hope they'd want to watch it i think yeah you're i think as a as a movie creator you're going to be like i want this one to go down and i want people to watch it and then they see themselves as artists right as an artist makes a painting doesn't hope that someone just looks at the painting and 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 never never looks at it again again. so yeah that i think that's the whole point of this this what we're doing here is i think it should hold up yeah so in the opening scene uh, they have their first murder case. And, and in Minority Report, they have these three people who they keep extremely drugged up and they were like genetically modified so now that they can, they can see the future. Uh, and then they have this overly complicated system for them to identify when a, when a murder is going to happen. It's not that complicated. It's the breakfast machine from Pee-wee's, from Pee-wee's <laughs> Big Adventure. <laughs> when a murder happens, it's a Rube you, Goldberg can hear, machine. you can hear Danny Elfman's music playing in the background. Yeah. And you keep expecting that a piece of toast is going to come out the yeah. other side. And that's, that's bad. So that's bad John Williams. That John Williams did it. This is actually a no, bad... no. I wasn't complaining about the music. I was complaining about the the stupid <laughs> machine that they have, where these 
these the polished balls. these polished and and coated in lacquered balsam wood balls have to come down a crazy have to come down the, the peewee's breakfast machine. i know and the explanation for that is ridiculous yeah the, every wood is specifically in grain oh yeah the grain, grain is so they can't but, fake the but wood i don't tie it back to like how you ever would and anyway do they keep who those would balls? do it yeah who would yeah, do it i don't get it yeah and where do they keep those balls and where do they keep the wood like yeah yeah who's, who's, who's polishing those that wood when it's when it all comes done out in the machine. machine it's all magic and you don't assume that's one thing that you're like people aren't going to come back and watch that really close they're going to see cool wooden ball is, is shaved and engraved and polished <laughs> and comes down this cool tube and that's going to be a great camera move we're going to do yeah and it pops out and the name like turns yeah and there's your victim under the b17 yeah like it's a giant bingo machine 17 but when you watch it second time you're like uh and then the third and fourth time you're like what so, um, so they have the initial scene where the officers are trying to figure out how to solve this short-term, this limited red ball is what they end up calling it, this crime. So instead of having a, a, an assessment team, a team of experts who sits in an office and watch video all day and know how to manipulate the film, the chief of the fucking department <laughs> has to do all the legwork himself. And he's like, I'm the best at this, so I'm going to do that. And he's got his assistant... Um, the, uh, the the black guy who just looks at balls, who yeah. looks at balls. I got another one. I got another one, chief. <laughs> I got a red ball. He's fucking incompetent <laughs> as shit. Wait a second. Did you notice that this, the crime, the balls never come out unless Tom Cruise has showed up for work that day? It's true. <laughs> he walks in. He walks in the office. Like, what do you got for me? Oh, there's a ball coming it's down. Good timing, boss. <laughs> And and that the chief justices that he has yeah. in the monitor, they're always sitting. They're at the, always right there. Always at their, their laptops. Yeah, so they're nobody, doing paperwork, and that's like, oh, yeah, red ball. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. I was a lawyer for seventeen years. <laughs> nobody. And now I'm a court a court district judge, and I sit in front of a laptop all day waiting for murders. Yeah, and nobody almost gets murdered at night when Tom Cruise is <laughs> yeah, sleeping. No, it's all no, it's yeah. all like that. So so uh, so as Tom Cruise is operating the shit himself, his other officers are just off having a coffee, waiting for a crime that never happens to happen. Um, and um, he, Tom Cruise now is not only uh, an expert at video manipulation and, and assessment, but he knows every community in the city and architecture. So he's obviously he's a PhD in urban he's, studies. He's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got an urban planning degree. And so then um, they figure out kind of <laughs> Just where it is. Just for Washington, though. And they go. <laughs> and so this is a live, about-to-happen murder. And what does the black guy assistant back at the office do? He starts taking everything down off the board. He's like, oh, no, this is, we're shut down. Chief's got it. So I'm like, what the fuck? There's no, there's no arrest. And the fact that they have to both assess in the office and then go to site means they're cutting their windows off. Like, why aren't they out and roaming high above the city saying, oh, this area, boom, I can be there in 10 seconds. And instead, it's going to be a multi minute job that 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 shit yeah and once again all the impracticality of them when they go to their ship and they have to use rocket like boosters to fly up to their ship who designed that fucking thing yeah yeah and yeah. that's how you get to your ship yeah the, the the ship that they've got is kind of cool and and i'm cool with that at the kind of hovercraft except for it looks like slave one yeah and it an, is an upside down slave one an upside down slave degree this that's a flat out okay. rip so off. spielberg right owes lucas he maybe he asked him if he could steal the maybe. design i can't think of a ship design. i like slave one let's make it upside down <laughs> um <laughs> no, george is stupid he won't notice so they've got that that's <laughs> unlike any other technology on the planet right now because the cars still kind of look like cars but this ship is like fucking straight out of space and um, the backpacks that they end up using later on to fly are like clumsy and bulky and, and everyone looks so awkward flying in them. It's like, these are brand new. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing quite. Thank you for bringing up the backpacks because that scene where in that, they're in the apartment complex 
yeah. all that shitty bad humor that that Spielberg it was like yeah. that awful humor that Spielberg and Lucas are both addicted to where the jetpacks are like heating someone's breakfast on the counter yeah. I was like why? Like, wait, wait, take me out of the scene, All you right. asshole. Here's a scary, dramatic chase scene. But you know what? Let's pause for some light comedy. So the whole movie goes on to question um, whether or not the uh, the the, the pre crime, what do they call them? The uh, precogs. The precogs. Whether or not they can actually predict what's actually going to happen, and whether or not people should be put in jail based on that. So even though the whole movie is based is based on this, when Tom Cruise ends up stopping the first guy, he's mid-swing with a pair of scissors, and unless they're going to say, ah, he was going to change his mind and just hit the window or something, that dude's at least guilty of attempted murder caught in the act. But he's, he's going to yeah. be let go later when everything falls apart based on the bullshit that the guy manipulated, a system that actually does work. And yeah, what a surprise that Leland Gaunt, the devil <laughs> from Needful Things, was the bad guy. Who the fuck didn't see that coming? That yeah. guy scares the shit out of me. Just saying, if he said the alphabet, I'd be fucking terrified. Yeah. Hey. Are you talking about Max von Sydow? Yeah. Yeah, I love Max von Sydow. Yeah. And they, they, as a villain, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, as a villain. The one yeah. thing yeah. this movie does decently well is they do build up Colin Farrell's character to kind of be the bad guy because he's questioning. And then there's a nice little twist when Max von Sydow is like, fuck you, bitch. Shadoosh. And puts him fucking down. <laughs> that 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 part I can actually say story wise and, yes. and and structurally works. Too bad they didn't get someone older than twelve to play that role because yeah. Colin like Colin Farrell is like what he looks like a child with glued on facial hair in that movie. <laughs> and here's a question: That's true, he's got an American accent, but he says in the movie that he was raised in Dublin and when growing up in Ireland, it's like. So why don't you have an Irish accent <laughs> like you were born with? You fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that's actually uh, where he's from. Yes. <laughs> okay, now uh, we need to talk a little bit about uh, the pre-crime unit and everything that it's all about. So uh, just to jump to the end of the movie, the whole uh, unit is disassembled. Uh, it's dismantled because Lamar Burgess doctors one of the first records in the most improbable way possible. Yeah. So when you learn what happened at the end of the movie, uh, he pays some guy off to murder this lady and Lively. And... Because the precogs see it, he's able to see how that crime would be done because that guy had the intent. That's how they, they make this up the whole time. And then Lamar watches this feedback and then he races one of the feeds for a stupid reason uh, and then goes to dress up exactly like the guy and plans on going to do the deed himself. So you're like, oh, that, that's pretty tricky until you start to think about how this whole <laughs> shit works. So in reality, the pre-crime unit shows up, stops the murder, and drags the bad guy away. And they make a point to show one of the pre-crime officers just pointing at the lady just to say, stay here. And yeah. then he leaves. Where the <laughs> fuck did they all go? And why did they leave a near victim? Like, don't they have counselors that show up and Wait be here. like, oh man. So maybe that they didn't have that process put in place. But they're like, see ya, man. We saved you. I have a nice day. And then the dude, Lamar, shows up and puts the mask on. And then he actually does murder her. And then what? They do they are they not a little bit perplexed that the woman that they just saved is murdered ten seconds later? The same and they way that she body? was being murdered when they found her. Yeah, they got to be like, what the fuck? Did we see the wrong thing? Like that makes the program fail day one, and all of the officers would have been like, oh, this doesn't work. Didn't they hide? Because she died the body. Anyway. She hid the body. He hid the body though, didn't he? But where? That, no one wondered where she know. went. I don't know. There's she, no post. I told her counseling. to wait here. God yeah, damn it. She just left. and then she just disappears. So I don't know. Did the precogs only see crime that happens in the? Was it Baltimore or DC? In DC. DC. 
And they're they're limited their abilities. So Tom Cruise makes a comment that within a two hundred mile, he's oh, like okay. someone stupid enough to commit a murder so, within two hundred. So miles. Max von Sydow, all he had to do was lure that woman away out of the out yeah. of the Let's go on the road trip to the yeah. counseling center. I have to tell you something, but it's, uh, it's we have to take a road trip first. Nobody thought of that. Yeah. So how are they going to roll out the the program nationwide? Because that was the whole premise that Max von Sydow was trying to pull off. So there's another point: uh, is that there's only three precogs, and only one of them is really the good one. Yeah. And they were created through this genetic enhancement thing that's shut down because it's like, no, you can't do that to people. Yeah. So like, how by the long lady is this that, that the lady that lives in a greenhouse now. Yeah. Yeah. Which made with no plants sense. that. Kill, kill people. Um, so, yeah. So when the precogs get older and die, then there's no more pre-crime. So they're just hoping that this one generation of humanity will, will have that. But no, they can't take the thing nationwide because that's nuts. That's so fucking crazy. So it's very short-sighted program yeah. to like put all this infrastructure and technology And the movie behind. was also really muddled because like if you look at the scenes, a lot of the movie felt like it was in a different movie. The scene between him and the guy who takes his eyes out, who he Peter put Storm in jail... Man. That's Peter Stormare is a delight. Let's just stop and focus and, and maybe give some praise. I, but to I, Peter I feel like, but I feel like that in. scene is is from a completely different movie. Like I feel like the safe geriatric bullshit of Minority Report, the popcorn flick. That that scene is probably in Phil K. Dick's book. Well, because it's so all, dark and fucked up. Like that's a it's, fucked it's up a, scene. It's a great that whole introduction of Peter Stormare where he takes his eyes out, does a surgery, and, and has Tom Cruise. If that you know, was the, the manager, you know, ultimately it's it's fantastic. I love that scene. There's so much tension. It's very memorable. But the whole scene amounts to nothing. Exactly. It all much. amounts but to nothing. But if that was yeah. the tone, what, is, what does Peter Stormare say like eight times to Tom Cruise? Like, I have to warn you. If you take the bandages off, you're gonna go blind. Yeah. He says you can't say it enough times. I think he writes it on a, a fucking fortune cookie and yeah. leaves it in his on his chest for when he finally does. You're gonna go blind. And what happens? He gets a fucking laser pointed into his eyes and yeah. what happens they should have at least Nothing. made a point of him going blind in that one eye and now he'll be blind in that eye or, forever yeah. or i mean once his name is cleared he can just have more eye surgery because apparently exactly. that's an easy thing to do yeah because you can do it in a fucking apartment and, with like shitty sandwiches yeah that's right peter oh stormare, that's more of the comedy too is the sandwich thing oh that's not but the thing is peter stormare makes a point doing his triumph the insult comic dog voice of saying by the way now that you're strapped down in a chair and i'm going to drug you and perform surgery on and you and i've taken you, your money you put me in jail remember that fuck face yeah, yeah. i'm gonna get and you're like oh how's he gonna get even he's really gonna fuck him up and but what he doesn't he do? nothing he performs the surgery admirably let me make you a sandwich <laughs> yeah his only, his only crime seems to be not taking the shitty Sandwich. Shitty yeah. food out of the and, fridge and first. When he opens the, the fridge, like obviously if you were going to leave a guy some sandwich and milk, you'd take the shitty green milk from Star Wars and you'd fucking take the <laughs> shitty blue. sandwich. I know. <laughs> he, he actually... He, he was actually a wonderful host. No, let's but be honest. That was on purpose because he leaves a bad jug of milk directly beside the good jug of milk and a bad sandwich just above the so good sandwich. So that was his revenge for him throwing well, him in jail? I think like, he's, I'm going to make you a sandwich I but I'll put it next to a bad I sandwich. I think he's driving home and he's laughing about that. He's like he's he's like oh, that, yeah. he's, he's he like, showed Tom Cruise he's all like, right. He's like 50-50 shot. Yeah. It's that bad sandwich. 50-50. And he'll never know, but it's still yeah. a funny joke. That right? was eight years of my life. I was in the pen, <laughs> but yeah. he ate a shitty sandwich. <laughs> I showed him. But it's only a 50-50 and, shot. And let's be honest, he put out like those strings and stuff so that Tom Cruise could use the bathroom. They thought that out. They he was. Thought I thought out. he was a great host. If I'm being honest, maybe he was reformed in jail and he should have said something about that. Yeah. But instead, he was like, "They were performance pieces," yeah. <laughs> and he was like pretty proud of his work. 
dark. I thought, oh man, Tom Cruise getting burned yeah. here. So ultimately, as great as those scenes were, probably my favorite. Yeah. The and whole my favorite part of that whole movie amounted to absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, th- that's absolutely true. But Another and, thing that and he gets the new eyeballs and yeah. he keeps his old eyeballs. Just and he one. goes. He shows up at his work. And his eyeball still works yeah. to unlock the door. Like we haven't taken his eyeballs off the scanner. He's a, he's a fucking wanted criminal. Though. Maybe we should change and the lock. And it's not just any door. It's not like it was the front door of the building. That yeah. unlocked the door to the sacred temple. Yeah. His yeah. eye secret, still unlocked door. that oh, door. I guess we should have changed that number. And he, <laughs> also, that lock. he also has that crazy face-changing device. <laughs> which did nothing. Which does nothing. No one even tries he to just recognize looks like him. Tom they know Cruise who he is right with away. Like, yeah. He looks like Tom Cruise with like... I don't know. Polio. I don't yeah, know. Something. <laughs> okay. He, he looks like he looks like that guy from Mask, that movie with Cher. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. The lion faced right. guy. Yeah. The lion. So uh, another tidbit: um, Tom Cruise is a drug addict in this movie, and it's not like he's a secret drug addict. His his boss knows that he's a drug addict, and probably other people he works with knows he's a drug addict. And Tom Cruise goes home and he gets absolutely he's blitzed. A functioning and he watches, drug he's a functioning drug addict and he's great at his job, but he's a drug addict. And he goes home and he watches holograms of his kid who's been missing for years. Um, Six, and I think. It's not really much of a drug, though. It's really more like he's addicted to vaping. It, it, I think, yeah. It's, it's like kind of vape a, nation. A, a pleasant drug. It seems like it's it's not that crazy, yeah. Uh, but, but he's on drugs and drugs are bad. So okay. um, when it, he knows that his department is being investigated internally, so he's got internal affairs basically on his ass, does he clean up his apartment and try to hide the no. fact that he's a raging drug addict? No. And what happens is the next day the guy goes to his apartment and finds drugs in his place. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, like, come on. The other problem with him being a drug addict is it never affects him in a negative way. That's so what actually, I'm saying. It was, as far as drugs go, yeah. it's really... No. Yeah, whatever like, he's on in, is like, it's the same effect as Diet yeah, Coke, in basically. Other, <laughs> in, in other movies, like when they have, they try to establish that someone's a drug addict, it impacts their they're life in a, a negative way. Yeah, they're fucked yeah. up. But he's just like awesome at his job and he's like stable outside in society. But Everyone he, should be on that drug. Yeah, that's true. It's, it actually promotes drug use to deal with yeah. your problems because yeah. nothing bad happens to him because no, of his drugs. No, it's that his movie. coping mechanism for having lost his child. And it seems like everybody, like John said, knew about it. So like he's not even getting in trouble for like at work for doing it. No. Nothing. There's no, no. There's no ramifications. He could have been like a senior officer, not the chief, and he could have been like had ten reprimands because of his. Dr- and you could have still had a similar movie, but no. And you could have had him fuck up at work because of the drugs. I mean, yeah. that would have all been made more sense. Like he, he screws up because he's high. Yeah. And that would have put a bit more tension on the program if, you know, he was supposed to get there to save the red ball Howard Marks, but he was too late because he was high. Yeah. He couldn't do a good job. No, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And then people that's have a better been like, movie. that could have yeah. put questioning on the program, except for just some guy who's shopping and, and being then, like, But Tom Cruise is not going to play flaws. someone who's, who's high. No, but then no. the guy Tom shows Tom Cruise up. has to play the same fucking character he plays in every single movie, which is the hero. But yeah. I think we're on to something here. If, he, if he's high on drugs, fucks up, and somebody dies, then they send somebody in to investigate the program because of his fuck up, and then you have a movie. Yeah. Now you just have a guy who's like just on just drugs, but he's still a Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, I don't care about his character. And that's literally, at that point in the movie, I mean, the, the whole initial murder hiding thing, but that doesn't really mean that the program is flawed. It means that there are ways to circumvent and... and but you only Lamar Burgess, he's the only guy who would know how to do that because no one else knows what a fucking minority report is. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the program, in essence, is perfect. And the only flaws could potentially be the people that work within. And instead of running with that idea, it's just like, no, I'm, I'm here just to investigate. I'm looking for so flaws and who's, shit. So who's looking at the minority reports? If they get... If they get made they get deleted or something right away no, yeah, but by who that. because 
our lead yeah. character, our main character, is the guy who runs the program. And he, and doesn't he doesn't know, know anything them. about the no, Minority it's just Report. The creator. He's never I, heard I think, of it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Max is the only guy who got, or whatever. Lamar is the only guy. But who the, the knows lady, that they the exist. lady in the killer greenhouse, makes a point of saying the technician sees the Minority Report and deletes it. And it's like you didn't wouldn't think that Tom Cruise's character would know what the technicians are up yeah. to. Yeah, is he the technician? The fucking program. Yeah, the, and he does everything else. Yeah, I don't know. So a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. Um, so this movie is only set like 40 years in the future, but Chicago has been retrofitted to have crazy car roadways, including roadways that go up and over skyscrapers. And let's talk about how fucking inefficient this would be. Instead of having a roadway, you know, typically when you drive on a road, you're trying to go from here into the downtown core. You want to drive three miles straight. Now you have mile and a half journeys up and over a building to make it 20 feet straight ahead. The only purpose that those roadways serve in the movie is to have that exciting scene where Tom Cruise gets out and jumps, stands on top of the car. Jumps from car to car. And it's yeah. not like you can get off your car at any one of those floors. They're just balconies and people hanging out, right? So there's no Smoking. purpose to those roadways. No. That's where you smoke. And more of that comedy when he jumps through the window and the chick's doing the upside down yoga and she walks over like that. Yeah. Like that whatever fucking happen. More wacky Spielberg Lucas comedy. Yeah. So that doesn't. Yeah. That and doesn't the, actually none of the comedy is funny at all. No, yeah. because not, it's, not it's completely, it doesn't, it's inappropriate and does not fit in the tone the movie. of the movie or the scene of what's going on. And that's what I mean by that shitty, wacky Spielberg slash Lucas comedy that rears his ugly head so many times in so many different movies. Like, stop doing that shit. Yeah. I know you think it's funny. It's not. I mean, it kind of is. It just doesn't fit. Yeah. If it was a comedy, great, but like, you don't need to have that levity in that way. Yeah. Uh, it I, I thought that, the I cars know. looked cool. As dumb as they were, I thought... The chase scene in the cars was good. It looks fine. I thought it was better than... The, the physics involved was better than, let's say, the fifth element flying cars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's a perfect example. So maybe we'll review this movie or maybe we won't. But once again, the fifth element special effects aren't great. But the fifth element as a movie is far superior to this movie because of the screenplay. Yeah. The yeah. script uh, and, yeah, the, and the acting. 100%. Like, it just, that's that's what doesn't hold up about this movie is it's the bad storytelling that but, Spielberg, yeah. it's and two hours need... and 20 minutes long. Like, why is it yeah. two hours and 20 minutes long? It's a simple story that's inflated and filled with just... And if you go to the mall where everything is glowing, if you notice that, and mm -hmm. the scanners all read your eyeballs and know who you are, which is brilliant because that's probably the future, let's yeah. be honest. I think that was brilliant. But if that's the case... And you can open doors with your eyeballs. How the fuck did he steal that Lexus? Yeah. That that system works on everything and but cars? Yeah. No, the, it, he, it was made with the keys in it. And he just goes <laughs> like, no. But, but this is nitpicking too. But on the subway, and, when someone's and reading. And the Lexus, him, sorry to interrupt. That Lexus left the factory with a full tank of gas. Yes. It's <laughs> probably electric. I and don't this know, is future. probably nitpicking too. But when he's on the subway, someone's holding a newspaper. And the newspaper actually changes stories as you're looking at it. Which is fine. Except for why would you have a fucking newspaper? Because then you'd have. It yeah. just changes all the time. So you just carry a newspaper around with you instead yeah. of a device and they'd be like what Who's did that say fuck the story changed yeah. i was reading that. yeah that's another yeah like, like that that's once again yeah exactly you'd have a device you wouldn't <clears throat> buy a newspaper but that's, that's made again, out of paper that's more navel gazing at the special effects that's yeah that's, that's and that's that nitpicking is. but and just, you're just supposed to see oh, a moving newspaper and then not think about that anymore but yeah. when you think about that what the but fuck? you know what and it's not nitpicking because if the movie's filled with these things then that becomes the the world that we're in and the world that we're in makes no sense practically yeah so why Speaking would of anyone... the world, I think it's too 
but it was too clean and too glossy. Very clean. And and there was a couple scenes where they had the glow filter on like way, way, way too much. Yeah, in the office, every time they're in the office, in the mall. I, some of I didn't stuff, mind yeah. the clean, futuristic, you know, that pristine future, but you have to have the dirty side too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the apartment building was pretty dirty, so they kind of had a scene for that. But I agree with you. Most though. of the other places in the mall and all that stuff was very, very clean. Even the guy who runs the shady, uh, the shady uh, business. Actually, that's that's another nitpick I have with the movie is that they can't figure out where Tom Cruise is taking Agatha, and then Colin Farrell's character opens up a keyboard and looks underneath, and there's a manufacturer's name Tell on me it. What that? I didn't and understand then, then go, what that happened. Like, yeah, they're like, "This is the guy that made it. That's where he's going." It's, and it is like that guy manufactures equipment and runs a. Smart but wait a second, though. I didn't understand that scene it at wasn't, all. That yeah. made no sense. And, no. and also, and also, not only does it have the the name of the guy who built their system, it has his photo. Yeah, it has in, his photo. <laughs> yeah, because I put my photo on everything well, I deliver. Quick, so, turn your iPad over and look at the Chinese kid's photo on it. Right? <laughs> That's exactly it. what it was like. It was like if you opened up the iPad and it had six Chinese kids' pictures yeah, inside it with yeah. their names yeah. and, and where they're when located. And went there, that's where you would have yeah. you know, taken you, your pre You go to all their homes And you find out that China. two of them are now dead because they killed themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Foxconn. So that that's a that's another <laughs> kind of like that's just convenient. Oh, how are we gonna find them? Boom, it's right under this keyboard. But what's amazing is the kind of money that goes into making a movie like that and nobody paused and went, Holy fuck, that's convenient. Like, can we not just take ten minutes and maybe write something a little more clever for this? And they that what's amazing is they didn't even bother. It was like there was no thought into it put into it at all. It's like, and, ah, it's good enough. And I think, I think I've been complaining a lot lately about how they're just throwing money at movies without reading the scripts because they're successful directors or writers who are doing them. But looking back at Minority Report, which was, how, you said 2002. Two, or, oh, two or so that was like So that was like 16 years ago. They were still doing that type of stuff back then. They were like, Spielberg's involved. Who gives a shit about the script? We'll pump a bunch of money in the special effects. Let's just shoot the fucking thing. Yeah. And then what do you have now, 16 years later? Like, I find that movie unwatchable, honestly. Really? I, I do. I really do. Wow. It's, I when I watched it this most recent time, I was like, I'm not going to watch that movie again for a long time. It just... Okay, so this culminates with another part of the movie, which is the whole... One of the main driving factors for the movie is that Anderton gets... Uh, foreseen is going to have committed a crime. Then he starts traveling with the precog who foresees this murder that he's going to do. And if he just, she tells him this too. She's like, wait, you have a choice. Don't go. Don't go yeah. up in that room. And I'm like, absolutely, you don't go in the room. You wait 10 minutes. If you wait 10 minutes, you prove that the program is wrong. Then you can go up and see. Then you could even kill the guy. You've still proved that the program doesn't work and that it's not all predetermined. So what you're saying is he could have stayed in that bed where, where Peter Stormare put him with his new eyeballs. If he just would have stayed there a couple more hours, yeah. it would have been a different movie. It would have movie. been a different movie. And, a and, day. He could have stayed there a day. And yeah. no one could put him in jail for and, the murder. Then he could investigate, still yeah. as the chief. Or maybe he'd get like demoted for drug use, but he'd be like, I just need some treatment. Help me out. I have a problem. They'd yeah. be like, oh, no problem, because it doesn't affect your work. And then they could investigate what the fuck was happening. He, but he, he has had, to go. He, he has he, to no, go. He could have stayed in that room. He had a sandwich there. <laughs> We've established there was a, a container of milk. If he just would have found it, he had access to the bathroom and the TV was on. Yeah. He could I would have, have been just in chilled heaven. and watched I would Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And his I've one done eye that. That's been, work, that's been so. a weekend for me. Yeah. I've done that. <laughs> um, milk, sandwiches, and TV. Yeah. He also carries around his eye in the bag 
somehow gives that eye to his wife when he goes to see his wife at that whole. He gave MC. her the eye. Yeah, because she uses it to get into the the, oh, the jail right. cell That's later. That's right. I forgot about that. With, with the guy who's playing the organ and so shit. So his eye's still working the whole time. And it's not decomposing. Like is no. that a magic bag? And, it, and there's only ever one eye. So like he loses the other one down the drain in another weird uh, humor scene yeah. where he's going to open that secret door and he drops his eyeballs and they roll and one goes through a grate. Like, fuck, that adds nothing to the movie. It doesn't matter if there's one or two eyes. There's no point. Yeah, unnecessary. And the Foley guys, like, were on cocaine and, and had hard erections when they did the sound effects for the <laughs> eye going. It was like, really? You need to put that yeah, much Foley in squishy, for an eyeball? Squishy. I know. Yeah. Uh, one more little tidbit. They make a huge point to say that the precogs only see murder because it's the most damaging to the metaphysical, whatever. But when they're in the mall, she's seeing, like, this lady don't go home because he knows and then use an umbrella here and oh, wait yeah. here. So what the fuck future does she see and doesn't she see? Get consistent. Yeah, and what are you saying to rapists that that's not a traumatic enough yeah. experience that we cost? Rapes have gone up dramatically, 400%. Yeah. But murder's down. Murder's down, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of rapes, the guy who uh, is in the temple taking care of them, obviously he's raping her every time. Yeah, you know that. Him. You know that violent criminal. He like, loves her and he's coming, brushing her, and then he's like oh, going to just him. stick it to her. And that's wrong. Yeah. What's his face from the, uh, from the jail? That was the worst I've ever seen him. Yeah. He was embarrassingly bad. The jailkeeper? Yeah, playing the organ. Be careful when you dig up the past. All you get is dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanks. once again, bad performances by 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 so actors, good actors, maybe yeah. even. Like, I feel like the tone of that movie, this the the scene where he gets his eyes taken out and stuff. That tone is a great would have been a great movie for the Philip the Philip K. Dick. Do you know what I mean? Type of a movie. Yeah, Peter Stormare. Yeah, just the, I'm just saying like the the look is gritty and yeah, dark absolutely. and it's a fucked up messed up scene in a rather popcorny flick movie. So like show me a Philip K Dick movie that's like that. Yeah. Like that's that's his material is very dark and fucking I think maybe if we ultimately look at a lot of Philip K Dick stuff, it wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um so the the whole there's many many plot holes throughout the movie the way the murder set up, the way that you know Tom Cruise could have proven his innocence just by fucking sitting in a in a bed and eating sandwiches but he doesn't um <laughs> good and, then, and bad sandwiches. then they yeah. finally have to close the movie out it shows the precogs in a little cottage and they're reading books and i kind of like that because when she is undrugged and walking around with tom cruise she's talking and stuff and she's a little bit strange but you can tell she's a person that doesn't deserve to be laying in a fucking bed doped up right so let's let's free them of that in a kiddie pool in yeah. a kiddie pool but but and the one thing that i fucking hate about these bow wrapped endings is that it shows him back together with his wife and yeah. she's pregnant so yeah. they're starting we're, again and we're racing the past like the, yes it, we lost exactly. a baby but that's we okay we'll make a, a new reason, baby and it was tough and you were a drug addict and this yeah. was just and i couldn't stand looking at you because i'd see my dead son fuck off you didn't need to see any of that just that things go on and that the precogs who were being tortured on a daily basis i'd like to know that they're not being tortured but I, i'm just going to take it for granted that the other people got on with their lives and not that it was all like happiness and pregnancy and they're going to have a new kid and it's going to be us wouldn't it be nice though if we could like take heroin addicts heroin addicts or, or and get some type of use yeah. they could do some benefit to society just laying there fucking being wasteoids in the middle of the street go well at least they're solving crimes yeah <laughs> but it would be used. and and the whole pre-crime unit is taken down so no one just seems to mention the fact that murders skyrocket it's yeah. the day one from we've disassembled pre-crime ah, 
blah, blah, kill your boss and never get caught, right? So it's going to do more damage over the long term than good. How do the precogs feel about abortion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there. They're okay with it. They don't see it. They don't pay any attention to it, apparently. I do, I do think it's interesting that every other crime would probably go up based on the fact that no one was paying any attention to it because it wasn't murder. Yeah. So you'd have like spousal abuse would go way up. Totally. Um, beatings would go, robbery would Just go as way long up. As, they would, as long as a guy would beat her within an inch of her, within an inch of her life, it'd yeah. be okay. Yeah. yeah she, as long as yeah. she was in a coma, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. fine. She's yeah. a quadriplegic now, but she didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you could like, you know, shoot, pe- shoot people in the legs and, and yeah. do all kinds of bodily harm. As long yeah. as you can kill them. You could cut off limbs. It's a new type of crime. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's torture. They, <laughs> yeah. It's torture Torture crime. would be the number yeah. one. Yeah. It torture would be torture porn. It would be the new crime. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have any problems with it. Yeah, serious. Okay, so, I mean, at the end of the day, there's so many holes of watching this movie over and over. I find, uh, I found, you know, while the technology behind it maybe was maybe not the best thought of, there's a lot what? of like, watch it once, <laughs> watch it once and see it and be like, oh, cool. And then don't think about it. But upon repeated views, it doesn't work out. I still think the movie was, was decent looking from like a director and, and cinematography point of view. I didn't really have a problem with any of that. I feel She's, like the cinematography, everything's on a fuzzy lens or something. There's a weird fuzzy haze to every hue to everything. Glow filter. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I don't like the, I don't like the look. I don't, I really don't like anything about this movie. I got to wow. say. Okay. Yeah, sum it, so, up, sum it up, sum it up. So, too many plot holes for me to, to have this movie hold up. Uh, it's not one that I'm looking forward to rewatching at all. Yeah, and Colin, I, Colin. so before we did this, I, I tried about six months ago to watch this movie just because I did like it when it first came out. And I, I could not get through it. I had to turn it off. So, watching it again for this podcast... I had to force myself to watch it. So I find this movie unwatchable. I, it's funny because I'm probably the most hate-filled asshole of the three of us. But for a Tom Cruise movie, and really I view that as more of a Tom Cruise movie than a yeah. Steven Spielberg movie, I think it's acceptable. Tom Cruise does nothing for me because he plays the same fucking role every single time. But he does it well. Yeah. All right, folks. No. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. <laughs>